Thanks for joining us today. Your co-host, Valley Blakely, Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, it is the sun. I think is finally shining, and some of the rain has has surpassed, and, and flowers are blooming, and we're we're well into spring, um, which is super exciting um, for me anyway. I love springtime and I love kind of the change. Um, but this week we're excited. We've been on the Global Ag Network for a few weeks now. Um, and so we're excited to have Delaney Howell and Ashton Carr join us this week to, to dive into a little bit of what the Global Ag Network is and the podcast they co-host together, the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney is the founder of both the Global Ag Network and the Ag News Daily Podcast. And Ashton is the digital content manager and she co-hosts the Ag News Daily Podcast as well. So before we get too far in, I'll first let Delaney introduce herself and then we'll have Ashton introduce herself. Yeah, awesome. Thanks ladies for having us on today. Super excited. And again, super excited to have you be part of the Global Ag Network. But a little bit about my background. I grew up on a farm in Southeast Iowa. We raised row crop and feeder cattle as well as hogs for quite a few years. So I grew up with a love of agriculture and went to Northwest Missouri State down in Maryville, Missouri and started as an agriculture education major and soon decided teaching was not the place for me. And so I started to get involved in ag communications. I worked at my college town's local radio station, KNIM The Ville, and uh, kind of grew a love of speaking about agriculture, talking on air, if you will, and uh, working with folks across all different industries. And I felt like broadcasting and communications was a way to allow me to work with all different sectors of agriculture, but still be connected to them and, and help tell agriculture's story. So finished up at Northwest and then I kind of did my own path. I didn't necessarily take a full-time job after graduation and I ended up starting a couple of businesses actually after graduating college. So I was going simultaneously to Texas Tech online for my master's in ag communications and also launched two of my own businesses following that. So the, the podcast, one of those, Ag News Daily, which later turned into Global Ag Network that we see today. And then I also started my own freelance uh, multimedia company that I do still some video production and content management for folks in the ag industry that don't have the room or the capacity to have somebody full-time on their staff to do that for them. So I kind of created my own path and it was really fun and uh, have since gotten to build what we see today as the global ag network. So originally started ag news daily back in 2017, March of 2017, I co-started that with Mike Pearson, who's no longer with the network now, but he and I had this vision that podcasting could be a new medium for folks to be able to connect with each other in agriculture, because we saw podcasts uh, taking off in a lot of different industries. You know, you see a lot of cooking podcasts, a lot of like true crime podcasts. And we thought, why not bring podcasts as a whole to the ag industry? And so at that time, there were a couple of, you know, prominent ag podcasts, such as the Shark Farmer podcast hosted by Rob Sharkey and a few others like that, but there weren't a ton of ag podcasts yet in the space. And so we wanted to capitalize on that and just recognize that there were a lot of folks in the ag industry that valued podcasts. And it was a way to meet folks wherever they are, essentially. You know, you can listen to a podcast at any time. Netflix and other streaming services have obviously boomed a lot over the past couple of years, especially during COVID. So we wanted to create a medium and a way to connect with listeners wherever they were. So we started the Ag News Daily podcast in March of 2017. And then loosely in 
uh, January of 2020, we kind of launched the Global Ag Network, which basically was a way for us to work with other podcasters in the ag industry and allow us to all kind of work together and and uh, co-host together, co-create content, cross-promote podcasts, and uh, present those options to advertisers as well. So that's a little bit about myself and the network. Well, thank you for joining us. And we can't wait to dive into a little bit more. But again, we're super grateful to to have found you guys and found the network. Um, so Ashton, thank you also for joining us. You want to give us a little bit about your background and your position? Yeah, of course. I, I feel like I'm Delaney's uncool little sister or something because I definitely look up to her in a lot of ways. Um, we both went to Texas Tech. I just wrapped up my bachelor's degree back in December. I got a bachelor's degree in agricultural communications. Um, when I was going into college, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. I still don't know what, what I want to do with my life, but I was involved in yearbook. And of course, I grew up in the world of agriculture. I think my dad put a pig whip in my hand as soon as I could learn to walk. I was in the show ring when I was like three years old. And um, we did a lot of livestock stuff. I wasn't too involved in anything crop-wise. So that was definitely a learning experience when I joined the Global Ag Network and Ag News Daily. I had to kind of educate myself and Delaney's been a part of that education on, you know, corn and cotton because I'm based in Lubbock. And so I had to learn a lot about cotton farming and, you know, what goes into that. But now I am en route to get my master's um, in ag business. I'll graduate in May 2022. So we'll see, you know, what happens between now and, you know, just one year from now. But I, um, I joined the network in May of 2020. I had to have an internship experience before I could graduate with my bachelor's degree. And I was getting denied from everything left and right. And it was a really, really big struggle for me because I was having to find something by the by by summer and it was already May I hadn't gotten accepted into anything and I was basically just having full-on meltdowns when I would get rejection emails and so finally there was one day where I connected with Delaney we actually my academic advisor in my undergraduate department and her graduate advisor um, they were the same person and so she had actually emailed me, um, gotten me Delaney's information. And so we connected that way and just went through the interview process. And I guess we really clicked. I don't know what she saw in me because I didn't have any previous experience in audio or anything like that. I was a writer and a photographer. And now I guess I'm a podcaster because I've grown to, to really love it. I mean, working with Delaney five days a week to produce a show for about a year now, um, we've gotten to know each other really well, gotten to know, you know folks in the industry really well. And I've just gotten to learn a whole lot. I, I really can't put into words how much I have learned, not just about, you know, producing podcasts or, you know, working in the career field that we are all in, but just, you know, learning about agriculture and, and people's stories and how we can share the stories of agriculturalists through a podcast. Like Delaney said, I think it's a, a really cool way to connect with people. And so I uh, have been, I was interning with them. Oh, I don't know. I'm, maybe nine months and Delaney decided to give me a little bit of an upgrade and I'm now the digital content manager. And so that's where we are right now. Awesome. Well, we thank you guys both for joining us and um, we kind of want to dive in a little bit to specifics on both the global ag network and the ag news daily podcast, but Delaney kind of what, um, 
what, who, I guess, who's involved with the Global Ag Network and how did you choose to, to grow or connect all these agriculture podcasts together? So we have, I think I want to say nine or 10 podcasts in the network. And that's always changing too, because we're trying to work with folks and we get people that approach us. And we also try to continue to recruit new ag podcasts for the network. But when we first launched, essentially we went through and I think our intern at the time kind of did some research about other ag podcasts. We started listening to different ag podcasts, um, seeing which ones had you know, great messaging, great content, were high quality. Cause I think there's a lot of podcasts out there that are, are people that are like, I'm going to start a podcast and then no offense to them, but you know, there's content lacking or there's quality lacking. So we basically went through and did a lot of research about other ag podcasts in the industry. And then we started approaching those people. So I think honestly, working cows by Clay Connery was one of the first podcasts or podcasters that we approached about joining the network uh, quickly followed by the dry line farmer podcast hosted by Brent. And we essentially just started going through doing research, approaching these people and saying, Hey, would you like to join our network? And it got to a point where we didn't really have to approach people anymore, either podcasters that were part of our network or folks that were aware of our podcasts within the network started approaching us and reaching out to us. I think just like you gals did about joining the network. And so we've kind of got a process it's ever changing, but we've got a process to some extent of how we work with folks and how we go through um, deciding whether or not they're a good fit for the network. And really what I've kind of tried to do is see what, see what people are presenting as far as content, what kind of themes they are, do they align with where other podcasts fit within the network? Cause we don't necessarily want to have podcasts that are talking about the same content that another podcast is talking about. So trying to find unique people and unique uh, hosts of the podcasts. I think there's some really great hosts of some of the podcasts we have as well. And so we go through that and look for people that we think would be a good fit with the network that we've created and the branding and messaging that we put out. I think that's awesome. And it's cool. You know, you, you want some overlap in the agriculture sector, but having that di difference is you got mental health, you got, you know, the millennial perspective, yeah. uh, just as kind of some examples in the dry land, um, ranching, what's kind of, you're talking about your themes and your, your missions. What is kind of the goal of the global ag network? So there's the goals from a podcasting perspective, but also the goals from an audience perspective. So from an audience perspective, we really wanted to try and tackle all sectors of agriculture so that regardless of what industry in agriculture you worked in or whether or not you worked in agriculture or not, there would be a podcast that would hopefully align with your interests and be at least one that would hit most people in the sector of agriculture. And then from a podcasting standpoint, um, podcasting can be a pretty isolated business or job, if you will. Like when Mike and I first started four years ago, there weren't a lot of other people to talk to about podcasting and agriculture because it was such a new, um, new industry for agriculture. You know, unfortunately, agriculture is sometimes slow to adopt technology. And usually, especially on the communications side, it takes us about five years to adopt things that mainstream industries are adopting. So we were kind of at the beginning of podcasting as a whole. And so there just weren't a lot of other people to talk to about podcasting. How do we sell this? How should we uh, format our podcast? Who should we be having on as guests? 
And so we saw the lack of resources available for folks in the ag industry that wanted to start a podcast. And that kind of drove us to starting the network as a whole too, just because we wanted to help other people start podcasts. I've been podcasting now for four years, four and a half years. So I've done a lot of things right. I've done a lot of things wrong. But I, I, we just really wanted to help other people who wanted to start a podcast, who had great messaging and great content to share. We wanted to give them the resources, what equipment to use, how to set things up, where should they be hosting their podcast through, you know, how should they be connecting with their audience, things like that. Um, and then also, unfortunately, we don't get paid like a normal salary to host podcasts. So also, how do you monetize a podcast, which I think is still something that uh, the industry is trying to sort through as a whole, but podcasting is just so different compared to TV and radio that that was one of the other big components of why we started the network was to figure out a model that would work to compensate us for our time. Cause we don't, we spend a lot of time as you guys well know, you spend a lot of time doing podcasts and preparing content and editing the content, which you love doing, but at the end of the day, you got to have a little compensation or a little kickback to make it all worth your time. Mm-hmm. So tell us, thank you for telling us about the Google Ag Network and what your goals are there. Um, maybe let's talk about now the Ag News Daily Podcast. Um, how, how did that come to be? Why did you think a daily podcast was what needed to, what needed to be out in space? So originally, we were actually considering a completely different business. Um, For those of you that are aware of like the news industry, there's an entity called Associated Press, which essentially generates free news. I mean, you have to pay for subscription, but free news that folks across the industry, any industry and media could pay to have a subscription for that would have like basically a running feed of different news and information and videos and photos. So originally we wanted to kind of create something similar to that for the ag industry, but just found that there were going to be a lot of costs associated with that and a lot of time and energy associated with that. So it just didn't make sense right away to start that as a business. So I was actually at Commodity Classic in 2017 and I ran into Rob Sharkey. He was a guest uh, appearance at one of the booths. I don't even remember which one at this point, but I ran into Rob and started talking about his podcast because I'd listened to it quite a bit at that point. And he was just kind of starting to get his name in the podcasting industry. So I was chatting with him, you know, talking about some of these business ideas that we had had. And he said, why don't you just start a podcast? And so it was kind of like a light bulb moment at that point in time. And literally a week later, we started the Ag News Daily podcast um, to serve as a way that folks could get news and information about agriculture outside of your traditional AM, FM radio or TV. Because I think those platforms are still great, but you think about AM or FM radio or or TV shows, they're at scheduled times. You have to tune in to that specific time to be able to make sure that you hear market news, weather news, agricultural news at that specific time. So podcasts seemed like a good way to connect with people and allow them to come to us when they had the time and energy and capacity to listen to the news and information that was going on. So in hindsight, a daily podcast is a lot of work, and I definitely wouldn't recommend daily to anyone else because I've been podcasting now. I think I've produced over a thousand episodes at this point. It seems like Ashton and I calculated it not that long ago, but it's been a lot of podcasts, and we've interviewed, we interview someone on the podcast every single day. So 
produced over a thousand episodes and we've had over a thousand guests on the podcast. So it's been a really cool experience to talk to a lot of people, but again, daily podcast wouldn't recommend. <laughs> that is a lot of content. And I, I've enjoyed, you know, I have 20 or 30 minutes on a walk at lunch or heading to work and, you know, just getting that plug of daily news that I might not get in the agriculture industry, you know, from either the local paper or Facebook or, you know, all the other social media, you know, I, I don't listen to AM or FM much anymore. And so just having, you know, the plug of the worldwide, you know, news is, it has been great for me. How do you guys continue to find topics and guests? Because we do a weekly podcast and there's weeks, Catherine and I are texting each other on Monday night and go, Oh, we need to find somebody or what are we going to talk about? And that's weekly. I, I struggled to wrap my mind around daily. <laughs> I guess I'll kind of tackle this one. Cause I've been doing a whole lot of scheduling. I've gotten into a really good routine. I mean, I've been with the Ag News Daily podcast for a year now. And so when I was first starting out, I think it was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> um, Cause I, you know, didn't really, recognize the importance of scheduling and so I would do a lot of stuff the day before or, or something like that and I have learned to not do that anymore and so we have gotten into the routine of kind of planning about a week or so in advance and you know we have market Mondays and Delaney she normally takes care of that and then for Tech Tuesdays, I mean, I don't know how many times I've texted Delaney and asked her if she has any ideas for a Tech Tuesday because it kind of, kind of becomes a little bit redundant. I mean, like she said, it takes a while for the ag industry to kind of adopt new practices or something like that. And so um, trying to look out for just some really cool tech companies and things that are kind of going on. And I mean, we've even had international interviews. We've actually, I think, funny enough, been doing a couple of things in Australia recently. I think it's up to three interviews, you know, in the past month or so that we've done with people out in Australia, which is, you know, really cool. And then, I mean, there's always something going on. And so, um, I, I think just finding the right resources, I, I try to limit my screen time, but I am constantly on my phone or on the computer looking on really Twitter is, you know, the big thing. I'll look at the hashtag ag tech or ag Twitter, something like that to kind of find my information and inspiration for, for interviews. But when it comes to talking about hot topics or anything like that, I try, I mean, we talk about the news every single day. And so you kind of get into the routine there of, of knowing what's going on and, you know, having a better idea of what producers or, you know, whoever's listening to the podcast are, you know, really needing to know. And so we've also been doing a lot with um, social media influencers. I think that's, you know, a pretty big deal right now. And there's, you know, no shortage of influencers. And especially in the ag industry, I think it's really, really neat um, to talk to those people. We just did one with Megan Gates. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her because she's out in the panhandle of Oklahoma. So maybe not too far from you guys, but um, she's she's pretty cool. She just did a bunch of stuff, um, you know, doing how to, how to process meat chickens at home. And so she just, you know, did that on Instagram, which, you know, for the average person, I think would probably be a little bit weird to see somebody, you know, defeathering a chicken on Instagram live or, you know, Insta stories. But, you know, for me, I thought it was really neat. And so um, kind of just paying attention to those themes and what's going on in the ag industry definitely has helped. And 
right now we're doing a 30 under 30 series. There's a magazine called Agrad and they did a 30 under 30 list, which Delaney is a part of. And so we reached out to a couple of people in those cohorts. And so every Friday we're featuring interviews with those people and, you know, you know, what they did to get where they are, what they're doing right now and, and those kinds of things. Cause I think it's also important. I mean, we're a, a lot of our listeners, I think it's like 85%, we would say are um, producers and people involved in the industry, but then that remaining percentage are, you know, people who aren't in the field or not producing livestock. They're just kind of involved a little bit in the industry and um, maybe are wanting to learn more. And so I think, you know, having people like that on the podcast is kind of an inspiration. At least they are an inspiration, you know, to me, because I still don't know, like I said, what I want to do with my life, but hearing about all the different facets in the industry. I mean, we talk about forestry. We've talked a little bit about wineries here lately. Um, We talk about obviously livestock production, crop production, but those specialty crops, we talk about poultry production, which I think is really interesting and, you know, not too big of a a facet that normally gets any kind of spotlight but really just getting into the the nooks and crannies of the industry really um I mean there's never really a shortage I think you just kind of have to do your digging to find those really interesting people because I mean the nation is built on agriculture so we've got a really really great and vast foundation and I would just add to that too Lake Ashton said obviously we've got the title of global ag network but a lot of people ask us what that means. And so I think there are a lot of podcast stars in particular that have listeners that aren't necessarily within the lower 50 states. So we've got folks that listen from Brazil and Canada and France, and I don't even know how these people find our podcasts, but they do. So we've continued to try and cover not only U.S., news and trade and policy, but also looking outside of the U.S. borders to talk about what's going on on the global scene, because obviously agriculture is a very global industry and we've got to cover what's going on outside of our borders as well. So we continue to try and like Ashton mentioned, we've got quite a few Australian interviews for whatever reason here over the past month set up, but we also can try try to continue to connect with those people that work in agriculture outside of just the United States. Like, unfortunately, our primary audience is in the United States, but we do try to still be cognizant of those folks that we have listening that aren't located in the United States. Very cool. I love how it sounds like it's grown and and developed over the last few years, Um, and especially you guys trying to take a global look at everything because it's way too easy to get, you know, um, blinders on about what's going on here in the U.S. Um, I'll throw this out there to both of you, but what's been one of the most fascinating things that you have learned from doing the podcast? Hmm, that's a tough one. Let me think on that for a second. Ashton, do you have a good answer? Um, I mean, when it comes to, to learning about things, I've been on the podcast for about a year now and Delaney is, you know, kind of throwing me to the sharks here and, and making me read markets on the podcast. And that's been a, a tough learning experience. And so every time I do it, I text her and ask her how to read That's been really interesting. It's opened my eyes to something that I didn't think I was interested in. And um, I mean, that also going along with policy, I just didn't pay attention to it a whole lot. I mean, I, when I say that I was really just involved in livestock, that's really the only thing that I was involved in or had a whole lot of knowledge on. I had a minor in animal science and that's 
kind of what I wanted to stick to because that's where I was comfortable. And so learning to be uncomfortable in the learning process has definitely been really, really interesting and really great. I think it's opened my mind up to a lot of different things. And so I think that that's probably been the, the best learning experience, at least for me. Yeah, I think that's a good point too, Ash. And there are a lot of topics that we'll talk about that I don't even feel comfortable still talking about. And I've been doing this for four years. Like for example, the equipment sector, the fertilizer sector, like when we have guests on from those industries, I'm a little out of my comfort zone because I, that's just not an industry that I deal with day to day, you know, commodity markets, great, bring it on weather, trade and policy, those things I feel comfortable with. But when we get into some pretty niche areas, it definitely pushes us outside of our comfort zone. So I think that's been fun and interesting to learn. And I think it was Vance Crow. We interviewed him on the podcast a couple of years ago, and he made the comment to me about his podcast experience. And I kind of, that resonated with me a lot. And since then, I've kind of tried to think about it like that as well. But he said that when he started his podcast, he always looked at it as if he learned something that day, then he accomplished his goal because he said, you know, for a while he was trying to ask the most intelligent question or pivot put himself in a position that made him look intelligent to his audience. And I think for a while, you know, I struggled with doing that as well, but at the end of the day, like I'm doing the podcast, unfortunately, mostly for me that it was something I started. It was something I'm passionate about. And so I feel like as long as I've learned something and asked questions that have added to my knowledge of the industry, then I've accomplished something for that podcast. And so I hope that our listeners feel like that as well, but we kind of just try to present information and news. Like we're having a conversation with someone and you get to listen to it as if you're a fly on the wall of some really cool and interesting topics. So that's kind of been fun and interesting to learn how to do different interview processes and learn different components of the industry. No, I love that. And that's, I think Catherine and I can both relate because there's times that we've found ourselves in uncomfortable situations or like, how do we even talk to somebody about blueberries or racism (laughs) stuff that's like not in our daily dialogue. Um, but like we, yeah, the fascinating things we learn is just, just incredible. Um, with the interest of time, and I know you guys have a busy schedule. Um, what, um, kind of as a follow-up question, you guys are so busy and have a lot going on, whether it's school, whether it's multiple jobs, how do you guys balance it all? And what do you recommend to somebody, you know, starting out their careers or figuring out this sector, how do we balance it all and take care of ourselves, but also continue to strive to, to be our best? That's still something that I struggle with. So like I said, I have two businesses. This is one of them. I also have a full-time job where I'm the chief marketing officer for an ag advisory company. So I've got a lot on my plate and I like having a lot on my plate. I do well in situations where I've got a lot going on. I like high stress situations. I don't know why I've always been like this, even in high school and middle school, college, I'm a yes man. So I'm still trying to figure it all out, but I think it's important the older I get, the more I realize how important it is to have balance between your personal life and your work life. And for me, a lot of that stuff blends together because I st- I'm, I'm dating a farmer. I'm, gonna, I'm still involved in agriculture. Like I go home and I don't really ever escape from talking about the markets or agriculture because I get home and he wants to talk about what markets did that day. But we really try, I try to find a balance in my life 
I try to find people that understand agriculture, but also work outside of the industry. So I have that balance because I have friends that want to talk about agriculture when we go hang out. And I have other friends that don't work in the industry. So thankfully they don't ask me about what's going on. And I get a little bit of like a break from that, but I think it's just really important to try and find people that you can surround yourself with that support you. Um, and that you feel comfortable relaxing and showing yourself too. Cause I think sometimes, especially with podcasting, I think you put on like a persona because your audience expects you to be a host and that's your, your being talent essentially just like a TV person would be. So it's important to kind of take a step back from that, um, have a disconnect for a little while, you know, get off social media for a while and just connect to the people that are around you. And unfortunately I'm still learning this, but, uh, don't be afraid to say no, because it's okay. There are other opportunities that will come up later on. I think that's a great advice. No is so hard for me to say too. So what about for you, Ashton? Well, lucky for you guys, you're getting two different perspectives here. Cause I don't have a full-time job. I'm a, a full-time grad student. And, you know, of course, when I started out, I was an undergrad student and then I actually had um, another job at the time. Um, we went through the summer, the whole summer, um, just me interning for Global Ag Network and Ag News Daily. And then when it came time in the fall of 2020 to go back to school, um, one of my old bosses asked me to come back. And so I um, made sure with Delaney that it was okay and that it wouldn't interfere, but it it ended up inter interfering um, um, quite a bit. And I don't think Delaney knows this. I don't think I ever really even talked to her about this. She's shaking her head no. Um, but she would be texting me or I'd be getting emails from people while I was at my other job. And luckily at my other job, I had, you know, quite a bit of downtime and I was on a desktop quite a bit. And so um, I, <laughs> I would have like one tab open working on, you know, work for my other job and then one tab open working for Global Ag Network at the same time. And so <laughs> that probably wasn't um, the smartest thing to do, but I just you know, made it, made it through just one semester doing that. And then when I graduated, I was an undergraduate student assistant at um, one of the departments at the tech campus. And so once I graduated, I could no longer do that. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm, I'm going to go. It, like it was, it was super stressful. I didn't really let anyone know because I loved what I was doing at both jobs. Um, so I just kind of, you know, just had to tough it out. It was my decision, had to tough it out and um, made it through. But once that, that ended, I was kind of glad to not be having two jobs anymore because I mean it is a, a heavy workload which is definitely okay I'm kind of like Delaney I like having a heavy workload maybe I don't like high stress situations too much I stress out really easy Delaney can attest to that because um, I'll stress out about having to find somebody like four days from now and I'll stress out and tell Delaney about it and then like the next 10 minutes they'll finally email me back and so um that's definitely been something that I've had to learn on how to handle my stress. But when it comes to kind of balancing my social life, because I am a college student, and so it's been maybe not super tough um, just because I do my work during the day and then I can hang out with my friends and, you know, do my schoolwork in the evening and at night. Um, so it hasn't been, you know, too tough or anything. And luckily, I mean, one good thing I think about the, the pandemic um, with my school being online, I just work during the day and then I do school at night. And so um, it's been a little easy. Now, once things go back in person, I don't know how easy that's going to be, but I mean, Delaney and I are always in constant contact. I mean, she texts me 
early in the morning or late at night. And I mean, I kind of do the same. And so just having that constant contact has really been great for me. And honestly, I, I really can't, you know, give Delaney all the praise that she kind of deserves because she has been there for me in a lot of situations. She has told me that she will fight for me if I want to get, you know, a different job and ever leave her. And, um, she's, she's really been a great boss to work with. And so, I mean, I like, don't even really even consider her my boss. I don't know. She's just a great person to work with. I don't know. She's, she's awesome, but you know, she's been a big help in, in all of this. Cause it was a new role for me, something very different than I've ever experienced. And so whenever I do ask questions, which I do ask a whole lot of questions, even still now she I mean is never judgmental or you know talks down or anything like that she is super duper helpful which has been really great and like like Delaney a lot of my friends are involved in the ag industry and uh, just being able to talk with them and be more educated in my conversations now has been super super great and I mean I'm in Lubbock and so that's um, a pretty farming intensive place. And so being able to actually talk about crops now is, is, you know, super great and, um, all that good stuff, but yeah, it's been a, a great experience. Awesome. Well, we thank you again for joining us. And before we take off, where can our listeners find you, um, the, both on the Glo- global ag network and the, um, daily, the ag news daily podcast as well. So folks can find us at globalagnetwork.com slash agnewsdaily, where you can also find other great podcasts like the Millennial Ag Podcast. You can also follow us all across social media. Both Ag News Daily and Global Ag Network are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Ashton runs those. And so if you guys have any comments or questions, you have ideas for podcasts, don't be afraid to reach out to us. We definitely love helping other folks get their start in the podcasting industry. Awesome. Well, again, we've really enjoyed being a part of the network and we've really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, listeners, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us, talk to us at millennialag.com. And until next week, we are Millennial Ag.